And take two. <laughs> so the uh, wonders of technology. Well, I, I walked out of the Wi-Fi uh, range. That's my fault. Sorry about uh, that. Gotcha. The um, just kind of recapping last week, we talked about vision and mm-hmm. I used your definition of a vision is someplace that you can clearly see in the future and you're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so this week we're talking about actionable steps um, to get you towards that vision. How do you, how do you know that what you're doing is moving you in the direction and what are some of the, what are some of the indicators along the way that you're actually, excuse me, moving in that direction. And so I've been using the metaphor of, uh, with our staff, I started, uh, last week talking about going to, uh, Lake Winnipesaukee, um, and, and staying at the, uh, Wolfsboro Inn at Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire which we're clearly, I'm walking around the, the lobby of Cross, Crossroads Oakley right now. I'm clearly not in Lake Winnipesaukee. But <laughs> what's the directions to get there and what are some of the indicators that I'm making progress? Mm-hmm. You know, so getting to Dayton, Ohio would be an example. And then moving through Troy, Ohio, and then through Erie, Pennsylvania, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So having some interesting conversations with our staff about having clear vision and then clear actionable steps um, to move towards that vision. So mm-hmm. what, what strikes you? Interestingly, as you were talking through uh, what you just said, I think you touched on all the parts that are critical really to getting, uh, to achieving the vision. And so you used a few important terms there. You said a vision, and then you said use the term indicators and actionable steps, right? And so for me, they go in that order. So you establish the vision, you're going to go somewhere to the lake. Okay. And then you establish what are the indicators that would tell me I'm heading there? So if we said, uh, you, an example you've used many times, um, I want to run a marathon, Right. Yep. So you so you would set indicators maybe that say by next month, I need to be able to run five miles the month after 10, the month after 15, so forth, so on. Yes. Those, those would be indicators that you're moving towards your goal or towards your vision. Yes. Well, having looking at the vision of running a marathon, it's sort of overwhelming. But when you break it down to say, well, this month I need to be able to run five miles. Now I can take that down to actionable steps. Well, how can I get to run five miles this month? Mm -hmm. Well, I can run a mile this week, Mm -hmm. two miles next week, three miles the week after, five the week after. So now I've broken it down to then this week I need to run a mile. Mm -hmm. And now that's an actionable step. And that's that's really what we're after. That's sort of the holy grail of goal achievement, right? Mm -hmm. Is can we convert goals into actionable steps things we can actually do this is in my uh, my belief is that this is where things typically fall apart is that they, they don't get broken down into a place where we can actually take action sure and that's where procrastination and everything else shows up yeah and there's so the, yeah the the there's so many factors so i was just uh i just came out of a uh, out of a meeting with uh, don Patton, who you know 
you know, is given, mm-hmm. given 40 years of his life to the trades and um, just a spectacular craftsperson and just even a better person. And he was talking about Dave Ramsey, if you've heard of or been through mm-hmm. Financial Peace University. He said, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is Ramsey says, hey, go after when you're paying off debt, go after the, uh, the, the, the credit card that has the least amount on it. Mm-hmm. And Don said it's so counterintuitive to him because he thought, you know, I'm going to go after the big one. So I got a credit card with $70,000 on it, and I've got a credit card with $250 on it, and I'm going to go after the small one first. And as we were talking about it, I said, gosh, it's really interesting about going after really small goals because um, it takes so much courage to, for me to tell all my friends and family, for instance, that, you know, I'm trying to get out of debt and I just paid off a $250 credit card. And it seems, it can seem like such an insignificant little, like a little weenie, wimpy, insignificant goal that, but it is the first one. I mean, it's the, it's Mm -hmm. the first step, but it seems so, so insignificant that when you tell most of your friends and family, they're going to laugh at you. So it's, it's almost a, a really interesting cultural issue, challenge, um, that to take these little insignificant steps towards the bigger vision, um, you know, quite candidly, there's just not a lot of people that applaud you for taking that first, achieving the first step towards the vision. And so I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons why people, it could be a reason why people don't move towards uh, a bigger substantial vision. Lack of encouragement? Is that what you're saying? Well, big visions, it, when you re-engineer them, big visions take um, intentionality and um, incremental steps along the way. So right. if, I, if I tell all my friends I ran three miles today and they know I'm in fairly good shape, they'd say, big deal. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like you think, you think running three miles today is a big deal? Um, you think running three miles today is a big deal, Jerry. And I say, yes, I think it's a really big deal because that puts me on track to run 26.2 miles in four months. Mm-hmm. But it's such an insignificant goal, but it's the first one. And so I'm, I'm wondering this week, I'm wondering a lot about this, is that, you know, if you don't have a group of people around you, I mean, if you're incredibly self-motivated, good for you, self-disciplined, good but for the rest of us that need a tribe or a group of people to encourage, I think one of the reasons you see these running clubs are so popular is that mm-hmm. you can actually go run that three miles with a, uh, with a, with a group of people that are actually going to celebrate those three miles versus if you post on social media today that you ran three miles, um, what most of society is going to say is who cares, right? 
That's not a big deal. And so I'm in, again, I'm wondering um, if that prevents people from getting, um, from, from getting started and staying at it, for instance. Possibly. Yeah. Among other, among other things. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, I think problem number one might be the ridicule that might come with actually stating a large goal, right? Somebody along the line said, let's go to the moon. And a whole bunch of people looked at him and said, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Uh, so if you have a, if you have a vision for something that seems pretty tough to attain, there's, there's always the naysayers who are going to say, that's not possible. You're, you're crazy. Right. And so people might be embarrassed to say it. Uh, but I think it's habit, you know, it comes down to habit change too, because to be able to, to, but more often than not, I think it comes down to just not taking the necessary steps. Like I said, what you walked through a few minutes ago was I have this vision. I have these indicators that I'm headed towards the vision and I have action steps that move me towards those indicators. And breaking a larger vision down into something that's actually understandable uh, and actionable is the critical step, I think. Yeah. So you can say, I've got a vision to get here, but if you don't, then take it and say, how do I break that down into parts that are, that I can understand? And then how do I establish indicators to tell me I'm actually moving in the right direction? And then how do I get action steps that'll move me in the direction of those indicators? Yeah. That, that's really the, it's that planning piece. It's like in the workshop yesterday, I need to have this feedback conversation, but can I actually break the parts down into many action plans that layer into a larger conversation? And when we break it down that way, then we can start to do it in a much more intentional, intelligent way. Sure. So as you're, as you're speaking, Paul, I'm thinking about a lot of our friends, myself, um, I, I experienced this personally and have lived in this, uh, for quite some time, uh, Mm -hmm. the feeling of overwhelm. So Mm. you, as a leader or owner in a business, many times you, you can feel like you're just overwhelmed. And when you're overwhelmed, your default is to do something that you're unconsciously competent at, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm overwhelmed, I'm going to default into what I'm uh, unconsciously competent at because uh, it feels good. I can actually be feel like I'm productive, um, but I'm not achieving the vision. If the vision is to build a predictable business that reduces overwhelm or substantially reduces overwhelm, where do I start? Like that's my, my vision is to get to a place where the business is predictable. I've got a pile of cash in the bank. I've got a pile of jobs that I know are coming. It's very predictable, but I'm currently in overwhelm and to take actionable steps, which I'm sure you deal with this with a hundred percent of your clients. Like what mm-hmm. are, what are some baby steps and baby steps sounds so condescending, but what are some small little incremental steps that are achievable um, that you can move in that direction? And then you talk to a client and they're like, okay, I want, I want that, Paul. And then you give them two or three little assignments to do 
and you check back mm -hmm. with them next week or next month and they didn't do them. And they, right. the reason they didn't do them is because they said they're too busy because they're overwhelmed. It's like, well, <laughs> right. didn't we have this conversation last month? Mm -hmm. And so what do you think prevents them from following through on the actionable steps? Is it, is it they don't believe it's going to produce the results? Is it they don't actually want that vision to, to accomplish that vision? What do you think that is? Uh, it varies a little bit by person, but I think a large part of it is that you touched on it and that we tend to default back to what we're good at. We feel like experts at it, so we go to that work. Mm. And a lot of times what we're trying to impact change on our lives and our businesses requires us to step outside of what we're comfortable doing and behave differently. Because if we behave the same way we've been behaving, the results are always going to be the same. So to change that, to actually shift the course of our lives or our businesses requires us to behave differently. Mm -hmm. And there's the hard part because behaving differently, I'm back to being a novice. So I don't want to be a novice. I like being an expert. So I just keep doing the things that I'm expert at because stepping outside of those makes me feel um, not qualified. I'm back to being that rookie again. And so I think we tend to procrastinate those things. And then the other one is just the raw, the raw fact that people are busier than ever, people in general, business owners especially, they're busier than ever, and they have a habit that they go through in their day. Um, and shifting that habit, carving out time to do something that's going to actually change their future, is, um, it's hard. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. And I don't find the term baby steps condescending. I know exactly what you mean by it. Uh, and that is exactly, you know, every time I meet with a client, we leave with a list of commitments. These are, this is where we're going. Here's the commitments of small steps you're going to take to move in that direction mm -hmm. for this week. And then we'll take up some more the next week. And you have to look back every now and then and say, look at what all these steps have accumulated to, mm -hmm. how far we've gotten in that effort. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a multi-layered issue. No um, doubt, for sure. But I think at the, yeah, I think at the heart of it, it's, uh, it's the overwhelm that you're mentioning that uh, people struggle with just, I've got so much to do. How do I fit this in? Um, which is, of course, then you're in just this mad circular uh, situation, right? Because you go, well, I want things to change, but I don't have time to change them. Well, then they're never going to change. Mm -hmm. You have to find some way to carve out the ability to make at least a small change that can then ripple effect out to the rest of uh, to the rest of everything that sure. you do. Well, and as you're speaking, I'm thinking about a, a, a fire. Like if the if the building is on fire, then certainly you need to take immediate action to to get the fire out. Um, mm -hmm. And yet, what most of us as leaders or owners is we treat everything as a fire, right? Like that's, that's correct. Yeah, we tr well we treat everything we treat many things as a fire and say we're too busy when the reality is that we're using the fire as an excuse not to do some of the things that, um, that might move us out of that place of overwhelm or might move us towards, right. towards our vision. That's right. Yeah, I think that's true. That we, we procrastinate on things that are uncomfortable to do the things that we can say these are urgent so I can't ignore them. 
what else do you expect me to do? I have to do them. Somebody has to get it done. Uh, you know, those are all the, those are all things that we all use as excuses to stay in the zone of doing the things we're good at. Yeah, for sure. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. You know, you're, you're inching towards another piece of this that, that I think is uh, key and it's key actually with business owners that I work with is it's about perspective. And when you say we treat everything as a fire, another way to look at that is we treat everything as having the same value. Uh, so every task, every email, every phone call, every, everything that comes our way, we tend to treat it as it's all the same value and judge what we should be focused on based on its urgency. So as you said, a fire. So which the, what's the hottest fire? What's the most urgent thing? Right. And that, that's what I'll deal with. And that is such a path to overwhelm because we're not using the perspective of a leader to decide the value of the things that we spend our focus and time on. We're just taking what's the squeakiest wheel, what's the hottest fire, what's the loudest thing screaming. Mm-hmm. That's what we address. When in reality, if we could see clearly to address what it is that from the eyes of a leader, from a bigger picture thinker, as Emith would put it, the entrepreneur's mindset mm-hmm. versus the technician's mindset, then we start to choose where we focus our time in different ways. Mm-hmm. And the hard part then is we have to say no to some stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're already saying no to stuff, whether we realize it or not. Sure. Do you, can you, can you recite the quadrants that I think it was Covey that talked about, or somebody was famous for putting out a quadrant of urgent, but not important, mm-hmm. important, but not yeah. urgent. Do you, do you recall that? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's important and urgent, important, but not urgent, urgent, but not important and not urgent and not important. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I got the order correctly, but yeah, no, I've heard good. it attributed to I've heard it attributed to Eisenhower, but Stephen Covey really yeah. used it a lot. In yeah. His work. So urgent, mm-hmm. urgent, but not important or not, not urgent and not important. I'll bet yeah. I'll bet if you followed me when I'm in overwhelm, um, I'll bet you'd see me doing a lot of non-urgent and non-important activities. Sometimes people hide there. Yeah. yeah, I I would think I would hide there. <laughs> I bet a lot of us do, whether we admit it or not. Yeah, yeah. Huh, that's really interesting. That's good. Yeah. Good. Good. That's good. Yeah, that's. I've always joked that every time there's a you know there's a hard task to do, you magically find that your office needs to be cleaned. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. And certainly, there's some therapy to that, like cutting grass. Right. There's some no there, doubt. There's some no therapy doubt. to get out there and. But but to be self-aware or to have perspective to your point that you're like, okay, I am disconnecting on purpose here to see if I yeah. to see if I can re-energize myself. Um, well, and what you're talking about there, Jerry, is not wasting time cutting grass. You're talking about quadrant two, which is important but not urgent. Your health, when your health becomes urgent, well, then you're in trouble. Hmm. But caring caring for yourself, mental or physical exercise or care falls under important but not urgent but it will eventually become urgent if you don't do it sure yeah and and that's the crazy thing is that there are things that are 
when we people think they're spending time in quadrant one, which is important and urgent. Um, and one of the phrases I always say to my team at Bowser Construction is, if you find yourself putting out a fire, the first question you need to ask is, did you light the fire two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Because if you leave things in quadrant two, which is important but not urgent, if you don't spend enough time there, things are going to end up in important and urgent. Mm-hmm. And so if you're putting on fire today, you may have ignored something two weeks ago that actually lit that fire mm-hmm. for you to have to run around and deal with it today. Mm-hmm. So it's, we don't like to think that way, but it's, it takes away the victimhood yeah. that we sometimes we try to use. It's like, well, I have to go do this. It's urgent. See, I can't let yeah. it go. Yeah. And that's, I'm a victim here now. Yeah. And I also really, and again, I know you cited that path to, uh, versus the pe- path versus pedestal again yesterday. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's really a good visual for me because the, um, the guys that the guys and gals, the people um, that I come in contact with um, specifically within the trades and um, trying to cast vision to them that I'm on a path, I'm on this path Mm -hmm. and I haven't arrived anywhere and I'm looking for some people that want to continue down that path with me and so to invite them into the path to invite them into the journey with me um to where they could have you know some companions going along with them so Mm -hmm. as i'm as i'm even as i'm speaking about it now i'm thinking about inviting people in the trades um to get on the path with us as we're trying to um, navigate the obstacles in the way of our visions. So you've got a very specific vision. I've got a specific vision and we're on path towards that vision. And it certainly would be a lot of fun to have some of our friends, colleagues on that path with us. You know, I think it's, uh, I experienced a, and this might be one of the reasons that yesterday's workshop was so meaningful to me, even as the presenter, was that uh, I experienced a real feeling of being able to be there sharing things that I've put countless hours of study and research into, but sharing it in a way that um, is really true to your original vision of conduit, which was, I'm not standing here telling you I'm an expert at this. What I'm telling you is I'm learning it with you. I'm messing it up. I'm getting it wrong, but I'm trying again. And I'm just here to share with you what I've learned so far. And hopefully we can all share with each other what we've learned so that each of us can continue on the path. Sure. And having a group of people, and perhaps that's the energy that I was feeling yeah, in the room. No doubt. That, that doesn't really have to look at me and go, Paul, you, if you're not perfect at this, who gives you the right to be telling me about how to do it? Absolutely. That, but more the room that really we've cultivated, you've cultivated uh, in conduit, which is we're, we're learning this together and we're sharing for sure, sharing in the path and the journey that we're all on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. No, that's very appealing. 
that's very appealing. And, and that enables you to let your guard down, like for you to take your mask off and to say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're all struggling with different aspects of this. And so let me be transparent um, that, that I'm somebody that's on the path, on the journey as well. And yeah. it's interesting because the, um, and I know you, you talked about hating the 14, well, I think you said hate the 14 hour, <laughs> the 14 hour drive to New Hampshire. But yet, when, but when you get there, the vision is so clear and the, the destination is so appealing that you're willing to go through um, right. the, the, the boring drive, so to speak the 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 aggravation of the drive and yet the reality is you're going to have Laura with you along that drive and you guys are going to have some great conversations and you guys are going to just be together right alone Mm -hmm. in the car for 14 hours so the entire drive's not going to be hell you're actually going to enjoy a lot of the drive because you're with uh with Laura and so right. the entire drive is not terrible. It's, it's the, so the, the interesting thing for me is the process is not all terrible. The path is, right. the path is not all terrible. When, certainly, certainly when you're tired, the path is difficult. Uh, if, you, mm-hmm. if you run out of gas or if you blow a tire and you have a detour or a delay, the path is mm-hmm. the path is incredibly difficult and frustrating, but the entire path, the entire journey is not terrible. Well, and I think to your point about vision is the path becomes the path only becomes unbearable, whatever the path is. Unfortunately, it's 20 hours, not 14. Uh, it's Maine, not New Hampshire. Gotcha. But, <laughs> so it's two, <laughs> it's two days of driving. Yeah. But the path only becomes unbearable when we lose sight of the vision. Right. Yeah, and that's that's where that's where the path becomes unbearable. So yeah, we, and that that brings just brings back the importance of the clear vision, mm-hmm. having that having that clear vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Those are great metaphors, and I think to mm-hmm. ca- to capture the imagination um, of some other people that want to get on that path. I I found it very interesting. Uh, speaking of yesterday, that there some of our friends that um, I would love for them to get on the journey, on the path with us. And they, they quite candidly, they may be on the path without us, right? They're, they're on their own mm-hmm. path. They're in their mm-hmm. own journey um, without us, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting to see some of the newer faces yesterday of, mm-hmm. of some of the leaders that are, I guess, either they're, I guess they're considering getting on the path with us or in fact, they are on the path with us, which is, mm-hmm. which is pretty inspiring to think that there's, um, there's a bunch of people that are interested in, in moving in, in a direction of um, growing themselves and growing their, um, their leadership and growing their families. Rick mentioned to me yesterday, uh, and he may have said this when he closed out, but, he mentioned to me yesterday how valuable that productive feedback uh, conversation um, will be with his spouse and with his kids. Mm-hmm. 
So it's really interesting. And I think you talked about it as well is that it's holistic, your family, your business, uh, your relationships, you know, it's right. all, it's all one thing. It's not a bunch of compartmentalized mm-hmm. things. That's right. Bad, bad bosses are usually bad husbands. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or wives. <laughs> yeah. Wives can be a, be a woman. Sure. Bad bosses are usually bad spouses, bad fathers, bad mothers. Yeah. 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 I subscribe to that point of view as well <clears throat> or perspective. So that's, an, it, it's inspired. Yeah. It's definitely inspiring. So, and mm-hmm. any other closing thoughts before we wrap up today? No, good talk. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's, it's nice to connect the dots. It can sometimes feel even mentally overwhelming as you try to hold them all in your head. And for me, at least to hold them all in my head and then try to express them in a way that the picture I can see in my head express that picture in a way that resonates with someone and helps someone, mm-hmm. you know, there, therein lies the challenge of things like a workshop is how do I get this in a form that someone can use? And um, yeah, there, that's the challenge, but it's, it's uh, all about keeping that clear vision. And because like we said, when you lose sight of it, then getting there is not half the fun. Getting there is, a, is just work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're working on some um, some graphics of a dashboard um, as well as a bus, and we're talking to our staff about this. So in future weeks, um, I'll be able to give you some some insight on what we're doing with our staff to show them dashboards on Monday, uh, looking at all the indicators, you know, how much fuel we have, the temperature, you know, gauge in the car, the air pressure, uh, if the check engine lights on, all these these dashboard indicators and then the specific seat on the bus that they have and the incremental steps that we're going through. So we're actually going to take the guys on a journey from Cincinnati to New Hampshire with stops along the way and see if I can't capture their imagination of, you know, on a daily basis working towards that vision. So I'll have some, I'm going to practice and I'm going to test and I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to get, I'm going to get some good, uh, I'm going to get some good, good, uh, good data back that I'll be sharing with well, you. Well, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. And those are, that's exciting for me to hear what you're doing because that, those are things that the people who work for you, is it going to make them better at their jobs and more effective for lowering glass? Absolutely. But is it going to make them better at life in general and improve their lives and their families? Definitely. Amen. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's that, it's that thing. You're one person, you're not two separate people. And it's so exciting to think that as a business owner, you can build into people and improve your business. And at the same time, help them almost as a residual accidental effort, help them grow as people and improve their lives. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds arrogant. Sounds arrogant almost even to say it, doesn't it? But it's fun to do. Oh gosh. Yeah. And it's, it's worthy of our pursuit and our time, talent and treasures. So. Yeah. That's good. All right. Good stuff as always. Yep. Great talking to you, Jerry. Thanks for your time. See you, buddy. Thanks, man. Take Bye. care.